How are you? I'm great. Killed everyone. Um, let's be honest. You're not great. You're really tired. You've been working 20 hour days for the last month. You've been absolutely tapped. The political landscapes have been upside down that your to-do lists have been insane. We've had to reschedule this 58 times. How busy yeah. has the political world got actually? It's been, it's, <laughs> it's been absolutely insane. And why, why would that be? Why, why is it so busy? What would be, what would be keeping everyone? Small, small little thing, which has annihilated um, the economy and also put the health of all New Zealanders at risk. Just so it's a small little thing. Yeah. And I, mean, I guess I'll start here. Everyone gives government shit for being slow. Everyone mm -hmm. gives corporate mm -hmm. shit for being slow. Everyone gives council shit for being slow. Everyone gives big business yeah. shit for being slow. But it really feels that I've never seen so much speed ever from all of the above happen in the last six in the entire history of humanity than we have the last six weeks and i was talking to um vic crone on, on week one of lockdown and she literally said it has surprised me how fast we can actually move when we really want to has has your mind been blown with the speed of how things are actually happening now and what's the headspace been for the amount of crazy speed that actually has happened. What's the, what's the uh, vibe? I, yeah, well, I would, I would put an asterisk next to Vic's word want and I'd put need because it's actually been a need to move quickly uh, in this environment. It's not a want um, because absolutely any government department, any minister, any council, if they want to move quicker or they want to do things faster, they can. And I know that to be true. I worked in one of those offices. If you want to make decisions and get them done, um, you can get them done. But we actually needed to move quickly. And there's a lot of speculation around whether or not we moved fast, like fast enough, or should it, we move too slow? I mean, it's all hypotheticals at this stage because the only thing that we do know is what facts we have in front of us and what decisions have been made. Um, so I would just say that it's definitely a case of where there's been the need to move expeditiously. Um, what we're seeing now, though, as we're moving out of alert levels is that urgency is starting to decrease. Mm. And the fear and the worry that I have with that is that you have large parts of sectors who have been unable to work at all through alert level four, still unable to work at alert level three. And for them, it is still absolutely like we've just entered lockdown because they mm. cannot make any money. Still. They have no livelihood and they have no way of picking themselves up and thinking like in six months time, I'm going to be okay. And so I do want to see that, that incessant need to make things happen for these sectors who are not necessarily as vocal or loud because it's still just like we're day one of lockdown for them because their livelihoods are decimated. Yep. If you look at um, these big celebrations that people can go through McDonald's drive throughs but if you're in mm -hmm. different industries, you're still at four. It doesn't mean shit. You're still stuffed. And Absolutely. is your fear that government won't listen as much if people, if more and more people are getting happier, that yeah. they won't have the same sense of urgency for certain sectors, and some actually might get just kind of pushed to the side a little bit. Is that a, is that what you're kind of feeling might be a, a risk? Or left behind. And the reality is, 
is that they, you know, my perfect example, and I know 50% of the population, well, about 50% will be feeling this. Um, and it's not high on the priority list, like, <laughs> let me just be honest, but it, it is a perfect example. You can't get into um, beauty outlets. Like, for example, I had to fill out my eyebrows oh so my much. Oh, my God, that is first world shit. Piss and off, Holly. No, so hear me out. There oh. is an owner. No, no, no. Here, like, I, that's what I said. It's not high on the list of priorities, but just hear me out. There's an owner behind that business. There's beauty therapists behind that business. Okay. There's livelihoods yes. and families no, that are okay. behind those businesses. Yes. But remember, Massage, every yeah. time you go to one of those places, there's rent cost, power costs, rates, like all of those kind of things that exist within that business to make that business keep working. So they're still got, get, got all those costs happening week after week after week. And my question is, while we all get, we do get happier, um, what's going to happen with these groups? Because they're not particularly vocal. You haven't seen a lot from them, generally because they run on small margins. And um, they're not the ones that are being lauded as essential. Because as you just said, your reaction was that, oh, yeah, come on, Holly. But well, my I, just I just don't have hair, so I, I can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... I think no, you no. have eyebrows, bro. Uh, <laughs> but I would say... No, no, you have a point there. Um, Janine Crossum from Powered by Flossie yep. is talking about yep. this new, the danger not only is then when it's closed, it's that when it reopens, there's going to be a new um, kind of like a, a, a new uh, culture of fear yep. around safety, yep. touch, yep. Mas massage. I think there's, there's, yep. there's, there's even more so. So it, it actually makes it even worse for those because even if it was back yep. at square one, then people are like, well, I don't want someone touching me on my face yep. doing my sh yep. shit or whatever the thing is. So that's, yeah. you're you're right, you know, and I don't know if you've been watching the America, you probably don't see the same Instagram feeds I do, but in America, all of the, um, like the hip hop rappers and stuff, they've been in this, this, this kind of no hair sort of challenge and everyone's showing them like without their haircuts and like <laughs> Khaled's looking like a flipping washed up hobo and Puff Daddy's looking disgusting. And it's just kind of, it's like a funny thing, but simultaneously, you know that like, you know, People want to feel good about themselves, and when they can't do yeah. all these different things, it's it it, it it helps with psyche of it as well. So no, I, I, it's I yeah, get it. but yeah, and but it's more about for me that argument of life versus livelihoods. So you know, you have to mm. have a livelihood in order to be able to have a life. And the reason why I use that terminology is the government started using it now because we're out of alert level four and went to alert level three. But there's still people who can't operate. They still cannot make money. They still cannot pay their staff. They don't have any support. And I imagine it's quite dire. So while we're seeing from uh, media reporting and uh, other sort of sources that we get our news from, that it's like, yay, we're sort of getting back towards some normality and hopefully we'll be in level two in, you know, two, less than two weeks now. Um, for other people, that's so far from their mind because they still have no ability to generate any income to provide themselves security. And I do just think about it and I do worry about it. What industries are you most worried about that are going to be hit in the next three months after this? Um, well, it sort of depends upon what happens with public sentiment. And I don't know if anyone can for like foretell what will happen because you touched on a really good point there about 
you know, people being worried about being touched or close contact, all of those types of things. Um, you know, that that crosscuts so many parts of um, retail and that, like hospitality, for example, because you have to be close to serve, to, you know, prepare all of that stuff. So um, I would say it's probably the industries that um, you could consider to be discretionary. Those are the ones that I'm probably most concerned about. Because um, if you think about if anyone is going to tighten up their belt, they're going to look at the things that they have as a want, not a need. So you're not going to cut your grocery spend, but you're probably going to cut your eyebrow spend. <laughs> or buying them new Louis Vuittons, them new Louis. Yep. Oh, I, no, no, no right. it's not a reality in my world. <laughs> no, but you know, like, but no, I get it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, also as well that the 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 routine change in habits from many that have you know been in at home. I don't know if they're going to go, you know, out to as many dinners publicly. You know, they're going to spend as much as takeaways and you know going out to eat and just kind of big expenses or as many big night outs, going to a bunch of different bars. I don't know if the the the, the human behaviour side's probably changed a little bit, right? We're talking about yesterday. I was talking to some crew from that works at a, um, a brewery, saying you know. I think user habits when this goes finishes, I don't think people are going to go bar hop to 10 different bars in a night like they would go hit the town. I think they'll be with a couple of friends, go to a spot, and it'll be a bit more logistically not planned maybe. Yeah, you know? I... I think our user behavior will clearly change. I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, Kiwis have done what they needed to do because they've been told to do what they need to do. Uh if they'd stayed in lockdown longer, I think that you'd see, start to see the behaviour change because there's only so far that you can put up invisible walls around people where they give mm. you, they let you take away their freedom for no wrongdoing on their own part before they're kind of like, okay, I want my life back and I want to well, be able to do all the things. In the States, right? That's exactly what's happening. People are like, stuff this, I'm just going to do my shit. And yeah. people are starting to create the, you know they've they've pushed out um you know in california the the, the thing in the uh, lockdown until the end of may now you yeah know, and, and and america went uh, california went into lockdown on march 15th so mm. march 15th to end of may and people now yeah like, stuff it i'm just gonna go do this shit whatever yeah. new zealand yeah, went down on the what 25th and then they're coming out yeah. of lockdown i think so it's like five five weeks right so yeah you know it it, it I think you're right. There's only so much that people will take, and then they're like, "Stuff this." Were you? Did you? When you saw it, obviously, if you're just under, you, there's a balancing act of, you know, life first livelihood. You probably said before perfectly was, if you go too soon, everyone gives you shit because they feel like they're being trapped for no reason. You go too late, it's potentially Italy. You look like an asshole because you've stuffed up. Mm. What are the chats actually like in the background? Like, what are the? If you're just under, what are the key things that are talking to it? that are making her make that call of when to pull the trigger to, to do what she did? What, well, what the thing that I found, well, see, I would say that I would want it to be based on official advice and things that are coming from all the, um, the policy experts and leaders. But I saw some media reporting which said that the Prime Minister made her decision based on what she'd seen from friends overseas. Now, I don't know about you, but that did sort of, give me cause for concern because we really should be looking at what the advice is that's coming to help our decision makers make these decisions. So when I saw that media article, I was a little bit concerned because I thought 
well, but we can all see overseas. And if we're going off that, then perhaps we should have just gone a little bit earlier. Um, but in a practical world, you have 20 ministers in cabinet for a reason. They're supposed to be across their portfolios. They are the ones that are elected. They put themselves up to be scrutinised by the public. They're not hiding behind the term um, official. And those are the ones that are sitting there at the table together should be looking at all of their official advice and then making those decisions. And also the benefit that political, you know, politicians, sorry, have is that they can take into consideration things that officials can't or won't. So, for example, that freedom argument, we have to walk a fine line. You know, we're seeing it come out in the media now, talking about health. You know, at all costs, they wanted to turn their backs on Kiwis and say, you can't come home. Like you, if you had decided that you wanted to come back from America and come back to New Zealand, well, health officials said we should just lock them all out, say goodbye, no. And, you know what we saw in the uh, foreign minister's speech yesterday was that he said to officials, you can't turn your back on your own. Mm. So whether or that that's a little bit of politicking, hey, it might be, but it showcases the absolute um, power, uh, ability for politicians to think about things outside of what officials can't think of. And that is the purpose of having politicians. Now, mm. we're only seeing one or two, um, the prime minister and the finance minister, um, we're really only seeing from those two. And so, you know, the question has to become for all these other decisions that are being made, what are those people who have been elected to do those roles doing and what's happening? Um, and to answer that, I can't because I don't know. I don't know what discussions are being had and I don't know what is in behind there. Um, but there's always, there's always what the public know, there's what... You know those in the loop know, and there's always and there's always those that actually know certain mm. things, right? There's these kind of layers to it. Yeah. And I was talking to someone the other day, but bits and pieces, and they're like, "Oh no, well, um, from this source, g -g 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 -g, vaccine will be twenty percent chance by here, ninety percent chance by here." I'm like, mm. "That's a thing." And he's like, "Oh yeah." So, like, well, why do, isn't that known publicly? They're like, "Oh no, it's not. It's not public." I'm like. And I was sitting there like, whoa, wait a second. There's always these different, these, yeah. these layers, to, levels yeah. to the ship. There's always levels to the ship. When you've seen this play out um, for, for New Zealand anyway, it kind of feels like politically, apart from one or two little stuff ups from Muppets, that people have played quite fair, right? Like there hasn't been crazy attack fest gnarly. There hasn't been throwing stones every single day like like it usually is like kids in the playground just being muppets it actually feels like politics has worked for good from both sides of the aisle for the most part is that a fair assessment or has it been just i think you're seeing politicians being restrained because their views are we've got a task at hand which is bigger than any of us have ever seen and we need to make sure that we're constructively working forward toward the best outcomes for New Zealand. I think that when the dust is settled and we get back to some sort of sense of normality, and trust me, we will. Like, this is not going to stay like this for a long time because you cannot decimate the things that create the ability for us to have a health response. That is, you cannot decimate 
the private sector and or um, the economy to then, because then you can't pay for the health response if we needed that, because that's publicly funded. You need that money coming in in order for it to be able to come out at the other, other end. So we will go to a sense of normality. It might be new, it might look different, but everyone will get their lives back. Um, that is when you will see the critique will start happening and it will happen fast. And we have got an election, whether or not it's in September or November. Um, I hazard to say that if it was moved to November, you'll see greater extent of the economic fallout um, if it is at that date, because I've been reading commentary around waves waves of um, unemployment, and that just makes perfect common sense based on how the wage subsidies um, served its purpose. It's only there until the end of June. So if businesses are not able to generate levels of revenue that they were prior to this, they're going to have to start culling staff. Um, and that's the brutal world of uh, business. That's that's the decisions that you make as a business owner. So um, we will probably see waves of um, redundancies. We will see unemployment um, go higher absolutely without a doubt than where it is right now um and then that's when you will start to see politics play a more um political part got it and it's, i'm sure they've probably been restrained back a little too because if they start attacking now they're going to look like assholes absolutely so they're very absolutely. aware of that so they're like they'll line up all their little war chests of oh she did this and he did that yeah. and all this other shit and then after it's settled then they're going to come throw the stones later yeah, and and I mean, you you saw it yourself. I mean, did you see those comments from um, Deborah Russell? So she's a member of Parliament. Yeah. So yes, um, it was. Re so I saw two kook things. Um, I think you know, both know. One old mate Simon with his little Facebook thing having a, having a crack, and then Deborah. And I was like, from both sides, they, that's why I, they kind of cancel each other out of my head. Plus that the, the yeah. um, old mate guy that kept like shifting houses and going to the beach and all this other shit. I'm like, <laughs> what's this guy up to? Like, the fuck? Like, what? But you know, well, the funniest see. story about that is, is someone was snitching on him, <laughs> carrying a little, like, cardboard box walking down the street. I'm like, I so wait a second, how do they know that? It's like, you got these flipping snitches. I was like, man, I just thought that was hilarious. But also, the dude's a flipping muppet. Don't, like, you've already been told off. Yeah. Stay in your shelter, that's shut your face. Just, what anyway, is the, well, don't you it. worry about that though because that is our house minister it's just i mean uh, uh, the, the thing that was about, ironic it's like no. I, I, I get it i get it no but he said i read the thing like i don't follow politics you know that but i have begun a little bit more into it but he was saying oh it's a bit more quieter at the other house so i might just just go and do <laughs> just go and do that but the funniest bit is i can guarantee if he said it's a couple of if he was doing all these trades he would have been like had like two boxes or something yes. at night time. Some like national supporter is sitting there getting their Sally out, sends it through, got the new the new Samsung 28 for the X optical and be like, yo, that's the guy. He, he's stuffing up again. Yes. I know. It's How does one dude stuff up three times? Like that's so kooky. I mean, I get it, right? Like, I guess technically is one thing he's social distancing to get from a to b i get that but optically i'm sure he yeah. just got his yeah. ass so the really interesting thing so the what what you said about um deborah and simon um them cancelling each other out so is that fair or wrong 
Yeah, oh, I think so. I mean, uh, I just wanted to look at the details a little bit more because the thing that I have found is that there's, there's almost a sense, and I've always worried about this, of mob mentality, especially when it comes to politics, that people can't be comfortable in expressing an opinion and then sitting in that, whether or not that's a dissenting opinion. And, hey, like props to, for example, David Seymour. He does it more often than pretty much anyone in that parliament, and he is an MP of one. And so he has to sit in that comfort of being, or that uncomfort, sorry, of being the outlier. But my point being is that the thing, as all this stuff started to happen, is again brought to my attention how little Kiwis actually know about the democratic system within which that they rely on to form the rules in which we like we have. So, yep. Deborah Russell, I saw some commentary online talking about her being a minister. She is not a minister. She's a backbench MP. She doesn't have say on policy. And then the response from the finance minister, the person who makes the policy and spends the money, he said he categor- categorically refuted what she was saying. Got it. But so they're on the same team. You have the dude who spends the taxpayers' money and makes the policy, leading the direction of the country, right, saying, I don't agree with that at all. And that mm. was really lost on a whole lot of people. Oh, yeah, no, and, people don't I don't even hear that. All I heard yeah. was this is the person from Labour saying that yeah. small businesses, it's their fault because they had pre-existing yeah. financial conditions coming into yeah. it and maybe they should have better businesses. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. Pro- probably not the right thing to say <laughs> to a nation where 97% of businesses are small businesses with staff under 20 and you're on Labour. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But, you know, for me, then if I get calls from people or clients or they're like, what is this? And then my line, yeah, it's quite clear. They're not a minister. They're not a person that spends taxpayers' dollars. They're not making the policy. They've said no. It's a red herring. Just ignore it. Move on because we've got many more things to focus on. Now, with Simon's commentary, because I'm not on Facebook, I didn't see any of that. I just heard the fact that it was like tens of thousands of comments or something. When I I watched both the press releases, like press stand-up, I watched the PMs and then I watched his. Now, as a small business owner, the thing that I didn't like around the announcement from the government was the reference to two business days. Now, business owners know when you are the one that's responsible for putting food on the table, that doesn't exist. You work when you need to work to absolutely make sure that all of your suppliers are paid, that there's a little bit that you can scrape off for some wages for yourself, that all of your employees are paid. And that means that this two-day idea is irrelevant for most small businesses, that they're working seven days a week, whatever that they need to work. And I didn't like that talking point because that's all it is. It's a talking point. Yeah, it's a soundbite. But when I look at how it rolled out, most people literally said, Oh, it's only two more days of work. Yeah, stuff it. And I was like, yeah, but Next. that's the whole point. You know, that's politicking yeah. again. Because for Smeeves, this part of the sector who's been devastated by this, they're sitting there. And this is, I think, one of the things that Simon was trying to point out was that these all days all count. You know, and if you think about um, 
sectors that meant that from suddenly they couldn't trade at all in alert level four to they could, you could be talking about ten like tens of thousand dollars worth of their money that was so close that they could see that they could start generating some income versus, oh, it just got pushed out another week. And it was a week, five days, you know. It wasn't two days. And so I didn't, like, you hit the nail on the head. It's a sound bite. But, but that's but, what the masses get. And then the next one after that was then they said, oh, from, you know, I guess my conversations, I guess, you know, pretty average Kiwi banter, goes, oh, yeah, and the reality is it's probably stopping a whole bunch of Muppets going up to the batch for the weekend. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Probably did. But they've, so, already and, been, but they've already been doing that anyway. The Muppets have been Muppeting. So, I mean, like... But, but I, you, have, I have a small brain, and in my head, all I is like, two days, yep. Stop the Muppets going to the thing, yep. End of Anzac, yep. Stuff it. But y- you are you are right, because every day counts, and the hours count, and, and, and you know, what is two days to the masses is, you know, seven days of revenue, and that, that could cost them 10, 10 G, 20 G, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and I'm not criticizing the decision itself because I don't know what went in behind the decision. The thing that really irked me was just that because I could see right through it and I was like, well, from my lens as a small business owner, I have the luxury that I can work from home, right? Mm. Because people just ran me or send me emails and then I'm looking at stuff and doing things and because that's the way that my business operates, right? But for... Um, you know, construction sites, tradies, hospo, um, beauty, all of these things, they can't work from home. So they're literally sitting there in their invisible prison because they're like, I can't make any money and I don't know how long this is going to go on for. So the, the uncertainties, the, the, that's such the, it's that it's like inception. It just plants seeds of doubt and it stuffs you up when yeah. you don't know. Yeah. It's way yeah. better when it's like, hey, it's locked down for this. Yeah. Stuff you, sit there, shut your face, next. Yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of like, oh, yeah, it's just going to cruise. Because that, that, when that happens, it's like yeah. um, that rumor mm-hmm. spreading mentality of someone at the party or mm-hmm. at school. And it starts and it circles. And the next thing you know, it's just built up to this big, massive thing. Just out of the yeah. fact that there wasn't clarity and comms. But from... Clarity yeah. and comms and consistency, you probably must be pretty impressed with how, I guess it's kind of gone, like just like just brand just into to the world is even bigger and better than ever. H- how proud or stoked have you been from a communication side with what's actually come out to the public and how it's been Oh, operating? absolutely. It's just been phenomenal. And it definitely showcases uh, the power of that soft skill because comms is considered a soft skill, remember? Um, how much that is undervalued in modern day, uh, you know, sort of work environment. So if you think about board tables around the country, the things they look for are legal or uh, finance or those kind of things. Talk to me about how many you see with comms as a priority skill. Not very many. And that's why when you have things that happen which uh, need really swift, clear messaging and responses... The ones that do well have the ability to craft a message, push it out mm. and stick to that message and be confident that that's where they're going. And that's what exactly what the PM's done. You know, and it, she did the exact same thing when we had the, um, uh, what do you call it, the Christchurch tax. Um, you know, very clear, consistent messaging. And that's what you need because it, it gives you, it's not, it gives you certainty and it gives you an assurance that you can trust what's being said. 
you know, rather than one thing being said and then two days later a different thing being said. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think it's just been phenomenal. I think the wider thing now is that perhaps comm skills might be valued a little bit more than they have been in the past. And I've seen people been saying that for years and it's sort of now catching up. I, I'd agree. Leadership, it feel, has had to change and empathy rules and leading with love and being kind. That That is definitely kind is cool now for leadership, not being the authoritarian, if that's the right word, just that dictatorship stuff you, this is how it's gone. I don't think that's that's popping, you know? Like if, we're led, if, we, if we've been led with love that's been clear and concise and then, you know, old mate boss Jimmy has just been a dick about stuff, I... I I don't think people are taking that stuff right now. I think they're like, stuff that, like, this isn't what I'm about. And I think it's really made question people where they're at, the organizations they work for, the type of leaders they have, the, you know, the soft skill. And, you, you know, you talk about com communications potentially not being at the board table. You know, it's what's become very clear is also culture has not really been at the board table. You know, and we mm. think about both of those things combined for, for New Zealand readers right now. I think both are, both are definitely needed, different voices, different, you know, they talk about diversity. Diversity of thought's one thing, but, you know, just where we were at now is it's 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 new territory for so many businesses and and you know i just i would hope that the that leadership that has led to this point just as aware that if they don't understand certain things now it's a great time to to ask up you know i think that uh it is new territory for a lot of older established businesses I don't think it's new territory for a lot of newer businesses. If you think about heaps of the homies that you and I both rock with, that's why we rock with them because, you know, um, this attitude, because I want to use that term sort of attitude and workplace wellness rather than culture because culture can be misconstrued as um, sort of like te ao Māori or anything or, you know, any other sort of like cultural ethnicity aspect, which is not what we're talking about. Um, we rock with them because they – have similar values and ways of working that we do and if I look at all my suppliers they're all like that um you know you could send like a text at 9 p.m and just be like dude this thing's like popped off and I need some assistance and they're going to be like yes yeah, sweet I'm on it in the morning don't worry I'm all good you know and it's that idea that you work with people who you are alike and have similar values and then you can all like grow together for old older businesses um you know, not all of them. Some of them have got fantastic ingrained leadership models. Um, but traditionally, the, the the way in which that, like you just touched on, it's authoritarian, there's a top, and then it sort of all goes down. Um, some of them will struggle to move from that. And it's not saying that just because you're the boss, then all of a sudden you need to kowtow to, you know, your um, lower level workers or whatever that might be. But you do need to have respect that every individual within your working chain has value and they do bring value. Yeah. To really embrace all of it. That's, it's, yeah, if they don't, I always have to say this thing, you know, if you don't fit in, you'll fit out. And I think now what's clearly happening is a whole bunch of people that rock with each other are going to do even more so in the bonds of employees and relationships that have got tighter through this are going to, be yep. there even more so oh. so in yep. a great way it's i think done a lot there in in your head when you look at it what do you think the biggest potential danger is as we as as businesses potentially go into the sort of new world after covid ac um uh, i don't um, i think 
Well, one of the things that I do think about is that you go into business ultimately to make a better life for yourself. Um, so Pākehi, which is business in Māori, that Pākehi has entirely changed my life and the way that I can shape it, right? So I'm an absolute um, preacher about if you can go into business and if you can get through the first like hard first year where you make no money to get into the second year. Um, I think I... I think that you should do it, but I think that we can't lose sight of the fact that a business is there, not a charity. It's there to make money, provide outcomes for its clients in whatever way, shape or form it delivers its goods and services. And they're not charities. And if they want to be a charity, they can be a charity. Um, So for example, this business here, which I was supposed to launch, like this one, I was supposed to launch this uh, on Tuesday, which I can't now because of COVID. Um, I'm going to run this one like a social enterprise. So it means that the money that it earns, I can put back into things that I'm really passionate about. Um, But my other business is a business. So Mm. it's being run in a way to get outcomes for its clients. And that's what it exists for. And I just think, for people who haven't been in business or maybe they sit with a little bit of rose tinted glasses that sometimes that real realist view of that your business is there to make money and if it's not making money you really need to do things to like pull up its like bootstraps because you need to be thinking about the business from the health of a business when you're a director you've got obligations so you have to be thinking about it in that regard and i just sometimes wonder if we get into a more um, idealistic world mm. when we actually need to be in realism too with business. Practical shit, yep. Mm. That's probably my biggest concern. I don't really know how it's going to play out. No one really knows how this is going to shake down. So to try say anything else, uh, I mean, you know, it's like crystal ball gazing. Mm. Um, my con- my fear is not that you've asked me a question, but I'd like to answer my own question. Oh, so what, would you, say, what would you... Well, <laughs> well it's, great, it's great you asked there, Holly. You know... <laughs> So I've been thinking you about You do this. know me, right? You do know that the conversations are generally one way. No, no, it's good. I, I, I don't care. It's great. No, what I've been thinking about is I don't want it to be a rush to business as it was and mm-hmm. to business as usual where business as usual is no longer usual when the infrastructure itself is now on the cloud. It's now tech. It's now software. It's mm. now it's now digital. It's now remote. It's now virtual. That's not business as usual with how it was done. It's different. It's changed. It's not that anymore. So I don't want, because that's actually going to be more lethal trying to have an old business on new train tracks than running the new business on the new train tracks with a new vehicle for business. So what my biggest actually fear is the leadership in business doesn't take the moment to really crystallize and embrace the opportunity of building something new that is better. Mm-hmm not trying to force the old world now onto the new. And I think because technically it's not possible. Um, culturally, it won't fly. And commercially, it probably isn't as smart, right? Mm. But can you that's blame my, people? Can you blame no, them for no. having fear? No. no, 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 but for having fear. Because the inability to act in situations oh, yeah. like this is generally created by fear. And 
I don't know about you, but I'm not going to be quick to judge a person who's built a business over 20 years and then suddenly they're confronted with all of these change and the thing that there is actually holding them back is fear because that's a very, very real emotion. And it's sort of like, how do we actually assist them to improve rather than saying, change now, you need to, fi- you need to fix it. Because, you know, they've had 20 years in business and now it's just kind of like, you need to. Unfortunately the market doesn't give a shit about their feelings, right? So it's literally adapt or die. Yeah, but see, you say that, and then the whole thing that has pushed this whole sentiment behind this lockdown and alert levels is this term, be kind. The same way that Mm. I could say that kindness does not pay the rent, which was my exact argument for businesses that are still sitting there, not being able to operate, and they don't have a very big voice. So, you know... You say the market doesn't give a shit about feelings. Cool. Nope. Then if it didn't, you know, if it didn't in so far as that, well, we then we really wouldn't give a shit about kindness either. No, that's but we lead- know that's no leading, know leading that's with kindness. True. I think we're talking about two different things. I think what I'm saying is you need to lead with love and kindness, but the market doesn't care about someone's product or service with how it was done if that's not what they're expecting, right? And I think your point is right though with the fear that the owners have because they've been there for 20 years or whatever, that actually, it is a, you know, I talk about, you know, for innovation to happen, innovation is, you know, um, it's bravery in action where they feel brave enough to try and then go and mm-hmm. do. So it's a bravery conversation of the individuals, um, which then go and do things externally to try new things and whatever else. So, I, so yeah, but the, the point to it, I think it is actually interesting is the question you'd ask is how do you instill bravery and confidence into the psyche of mm-hmm. business owners? That's, mm-hmm. that's and the one. That's the one. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And it's it. not by having right. people sitting on the outside saying, you have to do this now and then dragging them along to do it. It's about doing exactly what the PM has done in regards to sending her messaging. It's to say, this is the way we're going to do it mm. to support you. And we're going to pull you on this, or like bring you along on this journey rather than drag you into it. Because a lot of people, what I see is they're like, oh, well, they, they should just hurry up and do it. I'm kind of like, well, that's not really helpful <laughs> in the grand scheme of things because it's like if if we all took that approach, then, you know, there's a lot of things that I could say like, oh, well, you know, our government should hurry up and do that. Like governments don't have the unilateral abilities to just go in and like change um, years and years of legislation. They have to actually go through a process. So um, I think that what you've just said is, yeah, encouraging is people to go into that brave conversation and to then be comfortable rather than just mm. saying you need to do it and do it now what are you most excited for for this next phase as we go into this and beyond? this <laughs> this okay give a plug what is it how much are they 59.95 including okay. gst no it's not it's not the it's not the hoodie it's the business oh um, okay so my... <laughs> no it's my second business and i've been working on it for 10 months and I was supposed to launch it in Parliament on the 28th of April. But obviously that hasn't happened because of old Mati Corona, COVID-19. So um, it is indefinitely postponed. So at some point in the future it will happen. But it is New Zealand's first government relations education and training organisation. So in a nutshell, it's creating more people that can do what I do. That's it. Strong. <laughs> Strong. Um, 
if people want to um, check you out and connect up with, if they have political questions, if they want yeah. to um, get the, the, the gnarly weapon world of that is Holly Bennett, where can they go? What can they do? Um, so my personal LinkedIn is the best place to go if you want to touch base with me one-on-one. Um, -on -one. So that's just Holly Bennett. And in terms of um, Pakehi, so engages on Instagram which is such an experience. I didn't like sort of, well, I guess I did grow up in the Instagram era, but I didn't really use Instagram. So I'm trying to learn it right now. And it's the most hilarious thing. I feel like I'm like 50 and I don't know how to do it. So if anyone wants to help me, you're more welcome. Um, so engages on Instagram. That's the best place for that. And then HSB is, um, that's my lobbying company. So that is just uh, www.hsbgovernmentrelations.nz. That's where to find me. Oh. Um, yeah. Always love our banter. Always love the chat. <laughs> always love your insights. And it's good in a world that's something which I know very little about. I get not only excited and enthused, but I, I learn more <laughs> and you, you bright up the political landscape because a lot of I say is super boring and just like, ugh. And then you come along and it's like, oh, mean. Oh, there's that what the tax stuff does. Okay, cool. Oh, okay. Oh, so Deborah's not a minister. Okay, so the fight. Oh, got it. Click, click. Yes, Thank you. you got that as a takeaway. I'm very proud. <laughs> Duly noted. Duly noted. Um, the question I have is I wonder what the comments will pop off for this. Because it wasn't yeah. like a very tame, hey, well was me, let's all hold hands discussion, which I'm not known for anyway. So that's no, all right, I, but. I think if you can't have a brave conversation and get brave comments and stuff it, what are you doing? If it's copy paste <laughs> blah, it's not moving the needle. And even if it's totally wrong, at least it opens up the conversation to see both sides of something which you may mm. not have thought before, right? So I think mm, that's, mm. that is important. And if those mm. things don't happen, then you don't have, you do not have a democracy. <laughs> yes. Is that the right word? Did I use it? Was that yes. the right word? Democracy. Okay. Perfect. Democracy. And now the Perfect. fact that you talked about it, now I know that you didn't know. <laughs> I have you said it said democracy and then democracy. <laughs> so if I'm I'm messing with it. I'm democratic. <laughs> this is democracy, and I appre appreciate the time. Love your work, oh, Holly. Love it. Thank you. Be good. <laughs> See you soon. Kakite. She's never good. She's flipping trouble. Holly Bennett, absolute weapon. Good human, great times. Um, political landscape, politics, something I've been asked a lot about if I potentially would uh, get into. The answer is hell no to the no, no, no. Not a chance now. I would be a nightmare. It, I would get fired day week one. I'd tell someone to get stuffed and it would not go well. So I'm happy to have these um, these brave conversations on the outside. And, and, you know, I'll be honest, I have friends on all sides of the aisles and I always, I'm intrigued seeing different sides of all of it, whether it be commerce or community or whatever else um, pops in the mix. So uh, good session, good vibes. Thank you, Holly Bennett, for the time. And I'll see you all soon. Peace. <laughs>